Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of my podcast series, Dimension. I missed you guys so much, so freaking much. And I thought that I would stop procrastinating making an episode. And since I already have a recommendation for an episode, and even though it's way past my bedtime, I just thought that if I don't do it now, I'm just going to keep searching for the perfect time. And there's no such thing. So might as well just do it right now. And because I also wanted to talk about it anyways, right? Yeah, so without further ado and without making this longer than it should be, I really hope you're doing great. I missed you. I hope you can just take a break and just listen to this episode. You know, relax, slow down, slow down, for God's sake, slow down. Okay, I need to make an episode called slow down did i i mean the last one was called life's not a race i'm already making this intro longer than it should be let's get into it uh sit back i almost forgot this <laughs> sit back relax and let's disconnect from the world a part of being a doctor or in my case an almost doctor right is that and you notice this in yourself right with time you start to you love patience i mean i love patience right not patience as in having patience, patience, right? <laughs> it's not funny at all. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm sorry. It's such a boomer. I'm not even a boomer, but it's a boomer joke, right? It's a boomer joke. And then I realized the other day that I'm going to turn 27 in October. So like three years and then I'm 30. I don't feel that old. Honestly, I feel 13, if, if anything. Back to the point. So there's like this you notice within yourself if you're not a medical student with time you start to feel like it's not that you feel le- less bad when a patient dies but you feel like your brain creates this sort of dissociation between your emotions and and your your body so you feel you know sad not even sad i, I don't want to sound so okay your patient dies you feel a little bad, but you feel like your brain doesn't want to, doesn't want to process those emotions because you always see so many patients die and it's just not normal for the brain, I guess, to process that much trauma. This is just my own analysis. I could be wrong. So it just, you know, dissociates from the emotions. I just think that that's just my experience. I remember when my first ever patient died, I had to... I, I was still in neurology, right? And I walked in and I saw his bed, it was empty. And mind you, his state was horrible. I should have known, but I thought he went, I don't know, somewhere else. So I asked a nurse, where is, where is this man, right? And I just want to tell you some, you know, a background about this patient. So he was in a really, really bad situation, bad condition. And during my night shifts, I really wouldn't sleep because he would keep, you know, screaming in pain and I would keep having to go to him. So I barely slept during that shift. So, and that man, he, he didn't really speak often, right? But he liked me and I, and I, and I really was happy that he liked me, right? And I really liked taking care of him and... I, I don't know, we had this connection. We didn't talk much because he couldn't even talk much, but we had this connection. So Allah may his soul rest in peace. So I walked in and I saw his bed that it was empty. And then I asked the nurse and he was like, oh, he's, he's you know, he went somewhere else. He was hinting <laughs> because I 
took too long to process that. He was hinting to the fact that he wasn't here with us anymore, right? I was like, yeah, where did he go? He was like, somewhere else. I'm like, where? And then he was like, up there. I was like, you know, and then I understood. He was like, to God. And I was like, oh, it, you know, and then I, I felt so horrible. And I had to just work that day, right? So I went to our like intern room, like interns, the room for interns. And I just, we had those lockers and there was like a bed behind it. I should stop saying like, sorry, a bunch of lockers and a bed behind it. And I sat on that bed and I cried for like five, sorry, for five minutes. I cried my eyes out, cried so hard. And then I wiped my tears and I went out like nothing happened. Ever since that patient died, did I cry again? I probably did. Did I cry on? I'm honestly such an emotional person. Did I? I can't remember. I don't think. Oh yeah, I did on another patient. And that was another patient of mine. Okay, I'm obviously, I have issues. <laughs> Listen, I love people and I love connecting with people. I Genuinely, I like making genuine connections with people. I couldn't, I would have felt like such a traitor if I didn't cry when my patient, another patient died. After that, more patient died and I died and I stopped crying. So it stopped. So I would, wouldn't feel, not wouldn't feel. It's like I wouldn't want to feel, right? So I would go like, you know, may his soul rest in peace, console his family, and then I would move on. You know, I don't know. I don't know. And I feel like this is the right thing to do to a certain extent. I'm not saying I totally hate those doctors who don't feel, who just go up to the family and just straight up tell them the news. There's this doctor and I don't want to say his name. He's pretty famous here where, where I'm living. My friend told me that when he wanted to tell the diagnosis, the cancer diagnosis to a patient, he was really sweet and he held, she was an old lady. He held her hand. I love that doctor, by the way. He doesn't even know I exist, but I love him. And, you know, in a respectful manner, obviously. Yeah, so he held her hand and he told her slowly, you know, you know how life is. And sometimes we get sick and sometimes it's a little bit challenging. So he gave it to her slowly, not just bluntly with zero consideration to the patient's emotions, right? I'm not that, I don't advocate for that at all, but I do advocate for being smart and not putting your heart into every single patient. And when, when that patient dies, you cry, it's mentally draining, right? Why am I saying all that? Because in my experience, and I'm just talking about my own, I feel like it's different with adult patients than younger patients. So right now I'm in pediatrics. And I can't practice that. I can't do that. The, that dissociation from my emotions, it's not really possible. When I say not possible, I truly mean with every sense of the word. I cannot, cannot. On my first day in pediatrics, there was this girl. Her name was Ritaj, right? It was my first day ever. And she was truly sick. She had leukemia and she was really sick. When I say sick, every hour... Every hour or half an hour, she would take some sort of medication, some sort. She, it didn't stop. And I felt really bad 
So I tried to make her feel better. We, we started, even though it was my first date, we started playing video games on her phone. And I promised her, I was like, what do you want me to get you? And she couldn't really eat so many foods. She was put on a specific diet. She asked me for a banana. And it was strictly, you know, um, not okay or not authorized for her to eat specific, <laughs> specifically bananas. I felt so bad. I told her, do you want anything else other than food? She was like, I want nail polish. And I, and I was going to get her nail polish. So, yeah, it was. And then the weekend came and I got news that she passed away. And when I tell you that I, even though I met her for like a day or two, I cried so much, so much to the point where I was like, what? No, I, I can't do this. I'm going to spend, spend three months in this place. I cried my eyes out and I was, the, the sad part was I had that, my nail polish that I wanted to give it to her in my bag. And I just kept crying so much. And the person who told me the news just did not give me any sort of, you know, it bluntly just told me that. And I wasn't ready for it really. And I thought about her mom. Her mom was really worried about her. And she kept asking me about the diet that she was eating. She told me, can you tell me? I saw her feeding her fruit. And she was strictly not forbidden to eat fruit. It was not okay for her. So I told her, what are you doing feeding her apples? It's not okay and whatever. So and then she started asking me, what, what should she eat? And things like She was really worried. So I thought of her mother. I don't know. I thought of her, right? I thought of, listen... I'm not saying I'm, I'm doubting Allah in any way. Absolutely not. In fact, I believe that everything, single, single thing happened for, happens for a reason. She could have gotten sick so that on judgment day, she takes her mom to heaven, right? But it's hard. It's hard. I put myself in her mom's shoes. I, put, I kept looking at her bed. And I kept thinking about life. How life is, it just goes on. Even if you die. Vitaj died she was, she was probably 10, I don't remember, 10, 9, I don't know, young. She was a child. No one's gonna, everyone's gonna forget about her eventually, and they're gonna move on, and that's just life, right? I'm not saying something new, but it felt weird. Like, you could be here one day, and like, not here the next, and you didn't even live your life. Like, she's just a baby, and the, the brief experience that she had in life was all just traumatic in, in the hospital, and and it was a pain it was painful to watch the nurses you know just put so many injections in her arms i just couldn't watch i couldn't watch it was painful to watch and she was just crying but also surrendering because she knew that no matter how much she cried it's not going to change anything and kids would would have like rounds of chemotherapy and then then they would go back home when they come back, it's just it's just the same with every kid. They keep crying. They have mental breakdowns. Even the coolest of kids. So a kid would seem really cool. And like my friend, I won't say their names because I feel like little boys are super, I don't know, sensitive about, about these things. They would be crying their eyes out. You would have to talk, talk them into just getting inside. They'd be really scared. They don't want to spend any more time at the hospital. Rightfully so, right? It's just painful to watch 
a kid go through that. I cannot dissociate my emotions. It's just not possible for me. Everyone keeps telling me, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah, and every single patient of mine um, that is in a critical situation, I know this is bad. I'm not saying this is right. I just am in denial. I'm like, no, nothing. No, I don't want to think about something happening to them, right? Uh, and I love kids. Ugh, I don't. I don't want to get emotional. I love kids, right? So much, and I need. To, I don't know how to. I don't know how to learn to not have. I don't know how can you not have empathy towards a child? It's just I don't know. How can you not do that? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to explain. I just cannot do that. And I will never, I will never, never be a pediatrician, if that's how you say it. Never. Pediatrics is not for me. Okay? Not at all. It's hard for me to watch a kid suffer in any way, truly. And I just... It's a whole different experience when you're dealing with children. Whenever since I was a kid, I always thought that doctors really didn't feel anything and they were just technicians, as they told us. We're technicians. I mean, yeah, we are, but to, when 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 does when is the limit? Where do you draw the line between just becoming a lifeless robot and actually keeping your humanity? I, I want my heart to stay alive. You know, I want my heart to stay here. I want to feel things. I really want to feel things forever. You know, because I feel like, I don't know, I don't want to be that person that has to squeeze tears out because they don't, they don't, they feel bad. They, they're not looking human enough, you know, or someone or, or, or an intern that sits down and watches a child throw up and suffer and just throw up every five minutes and just watch them do that and just you know not do anything I don't I don't, I don't want to be that kind of person you know and it's hard it's really I mean truly I don't know what to say when I'm talking it's so heavy you watch the mo- the mothers I saw a mother being told that her child is running out of time Literally, she was told by the doctor that you don't have much time. You need to do that operation. That, you know, that child is my friend. He's my friend. And, you know, and I, you know something? I'm so, my, I'm so bothered by this subject that I didn't want to bring it up in this podcast because I don't, I don't want to, I just don't want to talk about it. But I, I saw the mother being told that her child is running out of time and he needs to do the operation really quickly. And I love that kid so much. So much. And I hope that nothing happens to him. It's hard. Okay? And it, it just makes you see how life really is. You know, we give it such huge importance. Oh my God, it's crazy. It's truly crazy how you know you're going to die, but you actually live like as if you're never going to die. And 
we know as if you're Muslim, right? If you're Muslim, you know that, or, you know, believe in God in any way. There's something that we all know that we're eventually going to go to a whole different place, you know, judgment day and things like that. And this is not even the real deal, but we treat it that way. Yeah. The thought, so many different thoughts. Why would this happen to a child? They didn't really live their lives. When you see a little kid, 13-year-old kid, talking about his friend that died and saying, yeah, they all die here. And he has the same illness. He's talking about the same illness, referring to his friends that died. It's What does it mean? It means that he's next, right? That's exactly what it means. How do you watch that and not feel anything? I don't know. You know, I can't really understand that. And I don't feel bad that I feel still, obviously. I don't feel, I don't feel less professional. Uh, quite the contrary, actually. I want to keep feeling. But it's just really hard. And you guys asked. You guys asked how it's like to be an intern in, in pediatrics and see so many sick kids. It sucks. The short answer is, it really, really sucks. You know, this is probably the way that I was raised. And when I say, I just want to... My mom doesn't listen to all my podcast episodes. If she did, she'd probably scold me because I'm always talking about her. First of all, it's all thanks to my mom. This who I am. It's not me that I'm, oh, I'm so empathetic. You know, I, I was taught this by my mom and it's not like she sat me down and actually taught me. Oh, you need to feel other people. And no, my mom, I used to watch her do things. So I just learned to be more empathetic. My mom really expressed, was so expressive. When I was a kid, she would keep telling me she loved me. She would keep, you know, hugging me. Um, she would wake me up in a really cute way, right? In a really cute way. So I feel like I got that, all that love and I just want, even though she was actually, okay, she was loving, but she was really strict with me. I had to be at the top of my class. I had to be this and that. She was super strict, super strict on me specifically because I'm the oldest. We all know that. It's, that's the case with the oldest. I was expected to be really good in school. I was expected to be a doctor, right? She didn't want me. No, don't get me wrong. My mom didn't actually force me at all to choose any major at all but she expected the best i remember on my exams results i got a really good average i was at the top of my class in my senior year and my family was disappointed because because they wanted me to get even higher and it was already at the top of my class they wanted higher right if it was somebody else in you know my brother or my sister they they, they would have been really happy but I don't know. It's just the oldest kid, right? So my mom was really expressive with me. And, I, and she was really empathetic towards other people. She would, I would see her, how she would treat random strangers. And how she would think. She would start saying things. And I would, I was, as a kid, you start listening and going like, even, even my taste in music. But during our road trips, we we used to have so many road trips. We used to live in Saudi Arabia, and we had we used to have sometimes travel by car, um, obviously through the desert, 
and by car and my taste in music was influenced by my mom. She would keep playing Fayrouz all all throughout the drive. All Fayrouz songs, I memorized them as a kid because of my mom. And some some Khaliji songs because we used to live in Saudi Arabia, but Fayrouz specifically, there they had this album that they kept playing over and over and over. And I just memorized all her songs as a kid. So my mom had this huge impact on me, not just through being empathetic and feeling other people, but actually her taste in everything, reading. I would have never picked up a book if I didn't see my mom reading. Um, I would have never stuck to my prayers if I didn't see my mom pray. My mom never came to me and went like, Dimana, pray, never, never in her life, ever. But I would see that she was praying every single prayer she read Quran. I, I, I was like, I don't know. You get influenced. You get inspired by your parents. I don't know. It's weird. So I started doing the same, right? That's how my mom raised us. She was an example. She didn't sit us down and go like, you're not allowed to, th- to do this. You're not allowed to do that. She, was, she set an example and we just, we, we were just copying her basically, right? So even my brother, I'm sorry. Am I always talking about my family? I miss them. I miss them. Is, is that is that annoying? I'm sorry. I need to stop always mentioning them in every podcast. But even my brother, he used to make fun of me for reading. He was like, who reads? You're so boring. And I, I told him, I recommended him a book. I was like, just read this book. And it was obviously the classic, the amazing, the wonderful. I love that book so much. So freaking much. The 40 Rules of Love. Classic. Classic. If you read and you didn't read that, what's wrong with you? So he read that and now he's obsessed with reading and he reads more than me. And he keeps bugging me about that because I, I don't want to say I don't have the time to read. I do read, but not as much as I used to read. So he's always recommending me books and he's reading so much faster than I am. So people around you do have an influence on you. Yeah. So my mom didn't teach me to see a child throwing up every five minutes and just watch him. And not feel anything. My mom didn't teach me to walk in in a room and not smile at people. And even if someone I don't know and say good morning. My mom didn't teach me that not having emotions is good. And being cold and detached is, is cool. My mom didn't teach me that at all. And I don't know. I just, I just want to be this way. I want to feel other people. I, I don't want to become a zombie, right? I want my heart to stay alive. This is how you live. Isn't being alive about feeling things? Isn't when I was depressed, I stopped feeling. Nothing, nothing gave me any emotion, nothing. And any, anything that used to make me happy stopped giving me any, absolutely zero emotion. Anything that I used to enjoy, I stopped enjoying. Life was just black and white. That's how, that's what not feeling is, depression or death. Or, you know, I don't want to die, thank you very much. I mean, at least not yet, right? I have things to do that I still didn't experience. First of all, I need to experience those and then I'll be happy to die. Yeah, so I just want to keep being this way. But with adult patients, it just, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. I. It's not, I'm sorry, it's not funny. It's not. I just feel like 
I don't know. It's just different with children, right? I still do feel. I still care about people. Please don't get me wrong. I sound so, I sound like a paradox. No, no, no. I still care about people. I still love my patients, old or young, right? I love all of them. And I, I, I have this, I, it's not a habit. It's just who I am. This is who I am as a person. You know, I just befriend them and we're friends and I like them so much and they like me, right? But something with adult patients, I just stopped feeling. Maybe because it happened so many times that I got numb. Now I'm just numb to it. So I just feel briefly for a couple of minutes, just sadness and then it's over. But with children, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Never. No, no, never, never, never. And in... So in my opinion, I think it's a good thing. I don't want to see a child die and not feel anything. Thank you very much. I will feel weird and I will feel like I'm going to go crazy. I remember, and I, I don't know if I talked about this in my in the, in my podcast, but uh, back in uro- urology, when one of my patients died and I liked that man so much, he was, he was, oh my God, he was so cute and nice and, and he was a gentleman and he was just, I don't know if I mentioned it. He used to not talk to people. He used to, I think he was mute. I'm not sure. But we used to wave at each other. I I think I said it in one of my podcasts. He used to see me and wave. And it used to make my day. Like, I was like, wow, that man waved at me. I felt like I won in life. When he died, I cried because I didn't feel anything. I remember, I vividly remember, I made stories about it on Instagram. I was crying because I wasn't feeling sad. Uh, yeah, I was I was just surprised at, at at the fact that I didn't feel anything, and I that was that was what made me cry. Oh, on that day specifically, my brother graduated, and I cried because I didn't go to my brother's graduation, and my entire family went, but I didn't cry because that man died, and I knew his sisters, and they knew me, they also liked me, and I liked them. And I, the fact that I didn't cry and that didn't feel bad bothered me so much. And, and the fact that I cried about my brother, brother's graduation, I felt like a bad human being. And I felt like I was turning into that, those robot, robot doctors. But I just think that m- my brain was just trying to protect me. Regardless, regardless, I'm still with the fact that not feeling anything at all is, is, is not good and feeling things is also not good. It's so just contradictory. I, I really hope you understood me. I really hope you understood me. With Okay, just to stop talking about it, I'm just going to make a brief summary of what I meant because I sounded so confusing. With adult patients, I love them and I befriend them and, they're, and I'm empathetic and everything. But if something happens to them, I just dissociate and I refuse to feel. But with, with kids, it's just not happening, right? And I don't intend on changing it whatsoever. And I don't intend on absolutely ever in my life being a pediatrician. Never, never, never. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know what else to say. I believe that's it. But you know, being a doctor is, 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 it's just a unique job. It is. And the more you get into it, the more you start discovering it. How you, how you dedicated your entire life to it. You really need to love it to actually be able to absorb that fact, right? 
it feels good though. It feels good to be in a place where you're meant to be. I mean, where you at least feel like you are meant to be. Yeah. And after pediatrics, I'm obviously going to make other episodes during pediatrics. I hope they're good episodes and not sad episodes. Um, I have um, uh, endocrinology, right? And then we're done. I'm done with medical school. Can you imagine? I can't. And I'm in denial. That's crazy. I'm going to graduate as a doctor. What? Excuse me? What? Who said that? Crazy. 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 And I just feel like there is so much to learn and I'm never going to learn enough. Never. I feel like I'm just going to keep learning and always feeling like there is a gap. And I have to fill that gap. But that gap is a black hole. And it's just gonna, never gonna be filled, right? Yeah. But I love it. I love it so much. Don't get me wrong. It's complicated, but I love it so much. So much. I feel like my, like we take life for granted and we forget that we're in a place where we prayed for once. I used to pray. I remember in high school, oh my God, every day in Ramadan. We, me and my mom would be up waiting for Fajr prayer. I remember this day so well. I was sitting on the carpet and my mom was sitting on the couch and I, my arms were on her knees and I was staring at her. I was like, everyone was asleep, but me and my mom. And I was looking at her. Should I make it cinematic? And the table lamp was lighting her face and the room was dark. And I was looking at my gorgeous mom. And I told her, mama, do you think that I'm actually going to get into medicine? Like I'm just killing myself studying and, and it's not guaranteed. Do you really think that I'm going to become a doctor? My mom had absolutely no evidence or no just guarantee that I would get into medical school. But my mom is an amazing woman. And I truly believe that nobody, I mean, I'm so lucky and I believe that nobody has a better mom and not because she's my mom. Okay, and I just love her so much. She looked at me, she said, yes, yes, Dimana, I know that you will. You will. She said it with so much determination. She was, she believed it when she said it. And I, she made me believe it as well. My mom was a, my mom, right after God, was a big reason why I'm here. And I forget that these moments are moments I dreamt about. My younger self, if you told Dimana, who was sitting at, on with her arms on her mother's knees in Ramadan, asking her if she's going to study medicine, that she's actually studying medicine in her last year, rocking her scrubs everywhere, to the supermarket, to the hospital, to the university, everywhere I go, you see me in my scrubs, and I'm just rocking it buying a new color. That's how I, I change my mood. I get a new color, right? <laughs> um, I used to see um, residents back in Saudi Arabia in scrubs and I would get so jealous or interns. I would get really jealous. I was, I would think, yeah, that's, that's, I want to be that. I, I want to be exactly like that. And I'm just making it, make the, making the dream come true, right? It feels really good, but I forget it because that's how it, life is. You just get absorbed in all the, you know, in the current. You get lost in the current and you forget that you were, you once prayed. I'm sorry. I'm, I talk too much. I'm going to stop. 
anyways, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, this is exact. I said everything that I felt, <laughs> literally, to you guys. Uh, I really hope you pray for my friends in pediatrics. I don't know, just pray for them. And pray for my heart, because my heart is tired from watching that. Um, and I really hope that you're good. I hope life's treating you well. I believe everything is a choice. And I still am, I still stand by that episode. It's called Everything is a Choice. Go listen to it. That's my mantra these days. Truly, it is. You want to see, you want to know how I'm seeing life these days? Everything is a choice. Life is temporary. I'm going to not be here someday. I'm going to try to do, to do my best. That's exactly how I'm thinking. Yeah. Just let it sink in for a moment. I'm sorry if I seemed off in this episode. Did I? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. My paranoia and anxiety is telling me that I did seem off. I could be wrong. I mean, I, I am sure, pretty sure that I'm wrong because I am just an anxious person. Uh, I shouldn't say I'm an anxious person. I should say I have anxiety sometimes. Yeah, but I just believe that I'm imagining things. I'm sorry. I'm just really tired, super sleepy. But I love you so much. If you listened all the way here, I truly, truly appreciate it. Tell me what you thought. Tell me what you think about what I said. If you have a different opinion, especially about the empathy part. If you think I should suck it up, okay? And just be, I don't know, a, a normal doctor? I don't know. Is that is that it? I just don't believe that. Anyways, I want you to take care of your mind, body, and soul. And love you. Love you so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bye. See you in the next one.